word. Call friends, if you've got your Bibles with you, please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 to 12. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 to 12. That is where we hope to spend our time together this morning, uh, hearing from the Word of God, hearing from God himself. Let me read from verse 5 to get a context. This is the English Standard Version that I'll be reading from and preaching from. Born servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with the sincere heart as you would Christ not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as born servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with the good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever, whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a he is a born servant or is free. Masters, do the same and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Let us pray. Our God existing in three persons the Father, the Son and the Spirit thank you for your word thank you that you are working all things for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose thank you that you protect us from the wiles and the schemes of the evil one if we are in you O Christ thank you that the devil is a defeated enemy although still active and devouring active and killing active and murdering lying cheating and stealing you have defeated him through your son who is at the right hand of the father we now pray that you may help us to understand this word this vital word that we who are in christ may be able to stand against the wiles of the evil one in this world till our lord comes again 
hear this our cry because we pray in Jesus name I want to ask you a question or questions imagine you have been invited to a banquet or a wedding imagine being given an invitation to the flashiest networking dinner in Harare Bill Gates is coming to give business folks in Harare a talk on tips on how to become rich in an ailing economy. And of course, there will be a frenzy from the elite of Harare, sort of like a gold rush, as it were, to try and get the closest possible seats in the house. However, my question to you is will you dress in pyjamas to that event? Will you dress in a robe to go to that event? Or will you dress in the most appropriate attire so as to fit into the setting or at least for the people to take you seriously? Similarly, why would the Christian be dressed inappropriately in the Christian life. Paul in chains, writing to the Christians in Ephesus, has been laboring to bring the gospel message to the people there. Having first laid the foundation that salvation itself is founded upon the triune God, he then goes on to point out how the Christian is then to live in light of this. How is the Christian meant to live now that they have been saved? That's what Paul is addressing. From chapter 4, he begins to build his argument, addressing issues of lying, stealing, sexual immorality, how the home is to be set up, how children are to live with their parents. And in chapter 6 from verse 10, Paul introduces the dark world or reintroduces the dark world because in chapter 2, he had already alluded to the fact that if you're a non-believer, you're following the flesh, the world, and the devil. And now he reintroduces the dark spirits its head, its characteristics, and its workings. Friends, the title of my sermon today is Christian, put on the full armor of God. And there are two things that I want us to think about in this text. First of all, I want us to see that it is crucial. Verse 11. And secondly, I want us to see it's cooperative of evil. Why we are to put on the full armor of God, there is a cooperative of evil which we are wrestling with as Christians. So let, let's get into the text together. Crucial. It's crucial to put on the full armor of God. Verse 11. 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now this idea, friends, of putting on and putting off has been alluded to by the the Apostle Paul in chapter 4 where the context is the new life. He says from verse 20 to 24, listen to this. But that is not the way you learned Christ. And assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off, verse 22, your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, verse 24, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 25 even goes on to say, therefore, having put away falsehoods. So the Apostle Paul is really teaching Christians that being in, in Christ, you they must be putting off and putting on. In, 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 in the other prison epistle, In Colossians chapter 3, if you turn there quickly with me, in verse 10 and 12, the Apostle Paul says the following, "And And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its its creator. Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved compassionate heart, kindness, etc., etc. So just in case you think this putting on is just in one text or that Paul has mentioned it here, the issue is that the putting on in the Christian life is an evident biblical doctrine. And it is a vital doctrine in the Christian life. What are you putting on in the Christian life? What are you not putting on which you should? That is hindering you from growing. That is hindering you from fighting the good fight in the Christian life. It could be your time management. And friends, through this present active and continuous command, Paul is saying it's crucial. It's absolutely vital. It's code red critical. It's crucial. It's essential. Your spiritual life and your growth depend on it. Your joy in Christ is revived by it. Your fruitfulness in the Christian life depends on this putting on. Put on the full armor of God that you may stand against the schemes of the evil one. And friends, Once Christ has clothed us with his righteousness, Paul assures us that we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places with Christ. So that we are are clothed with everything. We have everything necessary that has been bestowed upon us as Christians to be able to fight the good fight. To be able to be clothed and stand against the wiles and the schemes 
of the evil one. Put on the whole armor of God. And we explored what the armor of God is. Last time around as we were looking uh, through the bird's eye view and it was standing firm. It was, you know, the breastplate of righteousness and uh, the readiness of the gospel of peace and the shield of faith. It's a, it's a holistic armor. The Christian must put on what God has given them. It is your duty to put on. It is not God's duty. God is not the one who is being dressed in the full armor, but you are. You must clothe yourself with what God has put in place for you. Now the question is, are you clothed appropriately? Have you put on the full armor of God? I want us to see that Paul has a reason for putting on this whole armor of God. It's crucial that you may be able to stand up against the schemes. The word schemes there is it derives from method, the methodology, the, the workings, the schemes of the devil. Because the devil is subtle. Who is the devil? I want you to know that all known religions have something or someone that describes the devil. In Islam, the devil is known as shaitan. And like the devil in Christianity is also thought to have rebelled against God. In Judaism, Satan is a verb and generally refers to a difficulty or a temptation to overcome instead of a literal being. In Buddhism, Mara is the demon that tempted Buddha away from his path of enlightenment. And in Africa, there's a general agreement that there is an evil entity that exists, that seeks to destroy, kill, steal, and, and, and where evil proceeds from. Friends, even those who are children of the devil acknowledge that he exists. But their issue is that they deny that they belong to him, even though they are evil. There's no one who refutes that there is something that is evil, that exists, that is invisible, that we cannot see, but we can see the workings and the devastation. The Bible calls him the devil and Satan. The deceiver of the whole world, the accuser. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9 to 10. The ruler of this world. John chapter, 10, chapter 12, verse 31. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds or the eyes of unbelievers. Lucifer, 
The prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2.2. That's what Paul is talking about. He's saying, friends, there is a being who is invisible, who is evil, who the Christian must be well clothed to stand against. Now Satan's fall from heaven or the devil is symbolically described in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 to 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28 12 to 18 and just to summarize while these two passages are referring specifically to the kings of Babylon and Tyre we believe that they also reference the spiritual power behind those kings namely Satan. And these passages first described why Satan fell. He is a created being. In fact, he is touted to be, he was in his day before he fell, the highest angel. Beautiful. Full of splendor. But he rebelled against God. His pride wanted him to be God. And so he was cast out of heaven. Hence Jesus Christ says in Luke chapter 10 verse 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. When his disciples came running and saying, no, 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 we, we are doing miracles, we are doing miracles. And he says, I saw Satan fall from heaven. And friends, this morning, what, sorry, what God was saying through Paul to the Ephesians, he's saying to us today, this morning, that it's crucial to put on the full armor of God. So that we, we who are in Christ can stand against the wiles of the evil one. I want you to note that Paul doesn't say, put on the whole armor of God so that you may fight or retreat. He's saying, put on the full armor of God that in Christ you may stand. <laughs> you may not be moved. And it's not, it's not saying that he's contradicting James. James says, you know, re resist the devil and you will flee. Give yourself to God. So what Paul is essentially saying, friends, in summary, is that you must be properly, uh, properly clothed because your enemy is invisible. You don't know what is happening in the spiritual realm. Thus, you must put on. Put off laziness and procrastination and put on prayer. Put off sexual immorality and put on the word of God in prayer. Put off fear and anxiety and put on faith and courage in Christ. 
Here are some questions that I have for us today, friends, for you, if I'm speaking to you this morning. When was the last time you really prayed? I want you to be honest with yourself. I'm not talking about, oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the food that you have, that we've been given. Amen, amen, God. Or, oh, ah, thank you, oh God, for, for the night yesterday, I stubbed my toe, uh, all that stuff. It is a short prayer. When was the last time you really prayed? Maybe, just maybe, some of the things that are occurring in your life are as a result of a lack of prayer. The devil has you. When was the last time you enjoyed sweet communion with God such that it caused you to repent from a particular sin for good? Ah, people say, oh, pastor, I struggle with this, I struggle with this. But have you taken time to, com to commune with God and say, God, I really don't want this. I really want you to save me. I really want you to remove me from this particular sin and, and seeing the goodness of God, the sweetness of holy communion. Or maybe the third application is, have you done away with your fears and anxieties and let go of the sin you are clinging onto and trust God as your satisfaction and your fulfillment? So many people were afraid. Anxiety and fear, friends, must be called what they are. Yes, I'm fearful to step outside because it's raining. I'm fearful to take that step and grow in the Lord. I'm fearful to get married because I feel like, oh, you know, I'm just immature. Oh, I don't have money. Is your trust in God? Or are you owned by fear and anxiety. Put on the whole armor of God. It's crucial that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You may even ask yourself, Pastor, what are the schemes of the devil? And I would say, they are made. They are subtle. Sometimes very loud. Sometimes very visible. Sometimes unseen and untraced. The devil can come to you through a presupposed innocence. Say, ah, this is just innocent. Within a couple of minutes or a couple of hours, you've been sucked in. So why don't you clothe yourself so that you may stand by God's grace? Why don't you put on the righteousness of Christ? Not by your power, but by his grace. 
Always being alert. Always being discerning. Friends, which leads me to the second point, which the reason why the Christian should put on the full armor of God is that there is a cooperative of evil. This is something that really moved me in my study. It moved me for one reason. That if there's such a cooperative of evil existing, then my word, we have a great God. If there's such a cooperative of evil around us, then God is even grander than you and I think. Because think about invisible things all around the corner waiting to devour you and waiting to stumble you. But you stand in Christ. God protects you. I want you to know this morning, friends, that if you're in Christ, you are blessed that way. At every given corner, evil lies awake. Listen to this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. Look at how Paul puts it across. He's painting a grim picture. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Friends, this is not a game of checkers. We're not in a field day. We're not here to play golf. It's a war. It's a, it's a war against light and darkness, evil against good, unrighteousness and righteous. Listen to what Warren Wisby says. He's very helpful in opening our eyes on how the devil operates. He writes the following in his commentary. Unlike God, Satan is not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful or everywhere present. Then how does he accomplish so much in many different parts of the world? The answer is in his organized helpers. That is what Paul now alludes to. Yes, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for who to devour. We don't know where he is at this very moment. But rest assured, what we know is that he's got myriads, myriads, and myriads, and more helpers. Some visible and some invisible. <laughs> Agents and those who are non believers are called what? Sons of the devil. What did Jesus say to the Pharisees? You are like your father, the devil. Pharisees were agents of Satan, they were religious. 
by the ages of Satan. It's possible for one to be religious and to recite all the law, but to be an agent of Satan. I want us to look at this even more clearly now as we open up some of the things that Paul is talking about. We want to get into graphic detail. We are not just content with what we have. We need to go deeper. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. What is the flesh and blood? Friends, our fight is not against so and so and whom we know. Of course, some commentators are saying that the word flesh and blood is figurative. It's really talking about human beings, but it's figurative of the spirit behind them. But other commentators say, actually, in, re in reality, we actually do not fight against flesh and blood, human beings. But when we bring them all together, we see, friends, that our enemy is invisible. It cannot be seen. How The fight and the battle is in the spiritual realm. When that tentress at work comes to you, dressed in nothing but a miniskirt, a tight-fitting clothing that can draw you away from work, young man, best believe the spirit that is behind her is of the devil. There's something. It's not only her that is there physically. There is something behind her. And we Reformed Baptists don't want to talk about these things. Like, ah, God is good, brother. You're just being charismatic. When you attempted to do a business deal with someone who is not in Christ, and you can clearly see that person is operating under some sort of spiritual dominion. I don't know if you've ever had this sort of experience which Paul is talking about here. That maybe as a Christian you are in a certain place or you are with someone. And you are, you are trying to understand this person. But there's just something eerie about them. It's, unexpl it's unexplainable. Things just don't add up. Their behavior, their belief system, their activity, the things they say and do, some of it is actually not recognizable. There are some people who are obvious. Like, ah, okay, this one. 
This is to represent friends that our enemy has multiplied himself and is subtle. It's not flesh and blood. You cannot see. Here's the question. How then does that affect your life? To know that you are being washed everywhere you go, not only by God, but by dark forces ready to direct you away from God. Does that change the way you view life? Does that change now how you're going to apply this text to your life as you go home? As you try to digest what is being said here? Paul doesn't only stop it against flesh and blood. He says, but against the rulers now. Listen to what Albert Barnes says. By, by the way, when you see there, the rulers and the authorities are the same thing. So I've put them together. He says, there can be no doubt, whatever, that the apostle alludes here to evil spirits. It is probable that the allusion here is to the ranks and orders which they sustained before their fall. Something like which they may still retain. And the word principalities refers to principal rulers of chieftains. <laughs> Let me bring it home, friends. Have you ever heard of that? I used to laugh when someone says, Ah, pane mwewe nzimbo. But this is what Paul is saying. This is exactly what Paul is saying. And friends, let's go deeper. What he simply means, and how I've digested this, is that there are principalities and chieftaincies which are dark and are hovering all over this planet Earth. And they come in different shapes, forms, and size. What am I talking about? You go to Chipinge, you hear, ah, there's someone like this. There's a spirit like this. Those people are right. What you may find in Chipinge is not necessarily what you may find with the voodoo practitioners in Jamaica. But these are all principalities. What a certain culture is given to may not be the same as what a different culture is given to. Which is why we always rail and say, Harare! Money, money, hustling. It's the idol. Dom, where is I'm serious. I'm serious. This is what Paul is talking about. That there are strongholds. What Paul was talking about in Corinthians. 
to say uh, we destroy strongholds. The best way to destroy this Mweo and Zimbo is to bring the word of God simple. <laughs> that is the best way. He doesn't only say rulers and authorities, he says over the cosmic powers of this present age. So, you, 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 are, you, are you noticing the cooperative of evil? And, and by the way, I wanted to add something, sorry, to rulers and authorities. Some of our governing authorities. Which is why, friends, we need to pray. First Timothy chapter 2. Which is why we need to pray fervently. Because the spirits behind some of those men and women are deadly. They're not operating just like you and me. Don't, don't be mistaken. You're not the same. They've been dabbling with witchcraft, with voodoo. Blood, killing, sacrifices, rape. You know, maybe when you go to a witch doctor, we're going deep now, and the doctor says, the witch doctor says, for you to be rich or for you to be prosperous, you need to sleep with virgins. <laughs> huh? You need to rape kids, murder. Friends, what is that? It's evil. This is the consortium, the cooperative of evil. Now, Christian, if you're not clothed, if you're wearing boxes like what Chanaka said, you're gonna. Because this is where we live. This world is not our friend. We must not be at home. We must not be comfortable. There are darts of evil being thrown at a Christian, left, right, and center. And it's like we walk around with an invisible shield. God is our shield. He's our refuge. And he's blocking all these darts. But the moment we don't put him on, That's when it happens. That's when you hear, ah, <sighs> pastor, I need to confess. Why? What? What? Ah, yeah, I've been married for five years and I love my wife so dearly. And one of the questions that we have to ask is which part of your armor was not put on? Over the cosmic powers. The cosmic powers here are sort of 
what I would say, and this is also, this is also connected to the spiritual forces, by the way, in the heavenly places. The cosmic powers are the powers that rule this world. I want to ask you a question, friend. Do you honestly think that Christians are running the world? Let's, let's be honest. Yes, we, we want to influence the world for Christ. Yes, we want to enter those government places. Yes, we want to enter all spheres. But here's the question. What consortiums are running this world? As we speak right now, cosmic powers. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they, so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. They cannot see And friends, I'm afraid to say this. Some of you, maybe the devil has got you in a vice grip. In a vice grip. In a chokehold. He's holding you. And you cannot see. You cannot hear. You cannot move. You need God himself to remove you from that captivity. Not me, not a church, but God. You think that you see, but you cannot see. You think that you're wise, but you are foolish. The foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of man. That's what Paul says. Maybe you're in a chokehold. You need to be removed from eventual death. Spiritual forces in the heavenly places. <laughs> this consortium of evil really shook me, friends. In the heavenly places. This instruction means completely staying away from false prophets. I like your preaching from last week, Brother Tanaka. Psychics. Oh, you know, I want to tell you about the future. Come, let's see the future in this ball. Mediums. Leviticus speaks against mediums. Psychics. Channelers of divination. Those are spiritual forces in the heavenly places. Nanga. Friends, I want to be honest with you. That was partaking with the devil. Flee from those things. Flee. If you've got problems, if you feel like you've got problems, run to Christ. Ask for help from Christians and they will direct you to Christ. Witchcraft will only hurt you 
You wonder why some people are mad. Kutopenga chaiko. Kwele shokutamba. Losing it. We say, oh, hey, mental illness. Hey, go and take some medication. Was the person was dabbling with the devil. Agatopenga soninganga. Danua. Yes, you have been participating with evil. Hmm? Or those with familiar spirits, those who consult the dead. Isaiah 18, 8, 19, Anthony once quoted that one. Sorcerers and sorcerers. Friends, any evidence of evil should be thwarted to say, I know. We are not doing the right thing. And you and I all know what that looks like when presented. Astrologers, palm readers, tea leaf readers, matarot cards. I don't know. Do you know what? Do you guys know what Ouija boards is? Let, 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 let me give you a, a, a little story down memory lane. I just pray that <laughs> I do not get struck by lightning. <laughs> when we were in high school, sorry, primary school, we went to some of these private schools. Those kids are dabbling in evil, my friend. Evil. There's this thing called Ouija boards. These Ouija boards are boards that you sort of spin uh, and then it tells you to sort of do something and in that board it can tell you to sort of start meditating and empty yourself out call upon a spirit and friends oh the results are real these things are real that's why you need to put on Christ Satanism, horoscopes, oh, Amelio, all these things. It's my month. I've got a mood. I'm a Pisces. That's Pisces. Which means that I'll be mad this whole month. Oh, the, the, the word of God speaks into all these things, friends. Oh, Gnosticism, Satanism, Paganism, idolatry. And these people, it says these spiritual forces are in the heavenly places. And how I understood this is that they are not where God is or his angels are, although historically it has been proven that Satan has access to God, but these spiritual forces are not in the third heavens, but they are in the air all around us. Oh, that the Lord may be with us. But friends, it's not bad news. Just think, you think, Pastor, you want to kill us with bad news. I want to say this, Colossians 2.15 when he had disarmed the rulers and the authorities, 
He made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. I am not afraid of the spiritual forces in the heavenly place. I got Christ. You and I who are in Christ have got Christ. Because of Christ's victory over these evil powers, he has been exalted to, to God's right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name, including these spiritual forces who have been created by God. He is above them. He is superior. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the, in the age to come. And friends, you can only survive this onslaught in Christ. In Christ, while all this chaos is happening, you can sleep like your Savior slept in the boat whilst there was a storm. You can go to bed. <laughs> I'm not saying go and sleep in the Wanganeshtal Park. That is foolish. I'm saying you get eaten by lions. I'm saying sleep. If you're in Christ, sleep well. If you're in Christ, go about your business. But make sure you're clothed. If you're not in Christ, then you are going to be used by the devil. You are going to be the devil's servant. You think that maybe I am safe, but you're not safe. You think that maybe I'm good, but you're not good. You think that maybe I'm, I'm, I'm all right, but before you know it, the animals of time will be called upon your life. You can stand firm knowing that you are fully clothed in Christ's righteousness. And God has given you this full armor to fight the good fight with all thy might. I'll ask you this question. Are you fully dressed? Are you fully dressed? Only you can tell me.